Still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Whoops. <laughs> Don't you love it when I do that? You take a, you take a week off. And look, I got lower thirds all over the place. What is going on? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. What a mess. It's a lot to remember. And yeah, we of, started uh, one hour early, so we're like, oh. Yeah, we're a little bit off our game. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're going to talk to you about some woodworking stuff. Yes. Yeah, we've got a lot of things to cover and a very uh, short time frame. Uh, we have to keep to a schedule because Dougie... Hurt his back paw. And yeah, we're not sure what's going on with him. I think he just strained something. He's not putting weight on it. So we got to get him to the vet. The only opening they had was like this morning you're at 945. You're a much nicer dog owner than me because I'm like, he's fine. Well, you're he, from Missouri. He's fine. Just you, put him outside in the... <laughs> you guys would have shot Dougie to put him no, out of his misery by no. now. <laughs> oh, he's limping? All right, get the gun. Get out of here. <laughs> not at all. That's what you got to do, Nicole. Mm. <laughs> Check out my new coffee mug. You probably can't see it. Oh, um, man. Stupid mics. It's a fallout. Sorry about the microphone. What let's, happened? Let's, just let's not, let's not talk about it. Let's just move on with the show. Uh, so show us your uh, show us your thingamajiggy. Sorry, I, I laughed pretty loud there. No, it was my microphone set uh, up. Oh, oh so uh, a couple, couple weeks ago, yes. I ordered some, uh, some wonderful items. Uh, so you did. From a uh, husband and wife team. We don't like and those. They are very at tazboards.com. And I'm going to, I never can pronounce it. It's a cheese and meat board. Ch- ch- Charcuterie? Charcuterie. Charcuterie. Charcuteries. <laughs> Charcuterie. I can't ever say it. It's such a weird Here, word. Here, have some food off my charcuterie board. Charcuterie <laughs> <laughs> Have some cheese. Oh, but can you, can you show that? Can you, can you show it? It's beautiful. And then you showed yes, off the spatula. Spatula. And I also ordered uh, one more thing from him TJ and Evie. Uh, Evie does this amazing pyro. Uh, she does beautiful artwork. Cootyrography, <laughs> I believe it's called, Nicole. Uh, yeah, she does great pyrography. Pyrography, yeah. So you can you can find both of them. <laughs> Shut up. We should have a Patreon level where you just pronounce words incorrectly for people. <clears throat> so he sells, he makes cutting boards. He made, uh, and I, that's why I don't have it. It's in our shower right now, but yeah. they make their own soap. The soap smells great. By the way, this is um, this is the coolest spatula I've ever seen. Yeah. It's one of those things where you take something that's a fairly simple form and you do it in such a way that's just so well done and so purpose built and it looks so fragile, but it's really anything but. This is actually one of my favorite wooden utensils I've, I've ever seen anybody it's make. It's really cool. It's very impressive in its simplicity. This bend here is bandsaw cut, but it's such a consistent thickness yeah. throughout that I'm just very impressed makes, with it. He started making spoons. I follow him on Instagram. Uh, I think it's just Taz Boards. Uh, Instagram, Taz Boards, maybe? Yeah. Um, and... So he has a ton of stuff. Uh, I needed a soap dish because you like to just you like to use regular bar soap. I do. But we don't have a soap dish, so just his schmutzy soap was everywhere. And I he had one where it has like holes, and I was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. So it's and good he gave stuff. Me a bar, bar of soap, which we Mark uses it. It smells wonderful. <laughs> it's, so it's on my skin weird. right now. Smell. It's it's nice. Yeah, I know. Is that a little weird to think that? <laughs> To think that Mark smells nice? No, that he's using your soap. Why would it be weird? I don't know. I clean I clean my balls with it, Nicole. <laughs> that's why. Okay. That's why it's kind of weird. I think, okay, I get what you're saying now. I'm with you. So yeah, check <laughs> check out Tazboards on Instagram. Tazboards Pyro uh, is I think it's Evie. 
um, is how you pronounce her name. Sure, why not? But anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to, to TJ because he's awesome. And he is. I'm very I like happy. following him. I'm happy with my purchase. Now we got to get that thing dirty. Yeah. And actually start using it. I'm going to use uh, it. Speaking of thank yous, we want to thank some folks who helped us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. And that's David Bladow, uh, Matt Romanowski, Cosmo, or Cosmos? Cosmo? Did I add an S? I don't know. Cosmo Kramer. Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> Peter Reeves. So thank you folks for helping us out. Uh, if you go over to Patreon, there's a bunch of different levels you could sign up for, yeah. things you can get in return. But ultimately, we appreciate the support. This is what helps us keep going. It's what helps us do a show an hour early <laughs> like this. We go, oh, wait, people have paid for this. Yes. We better do this show. Uh, so here we go. All right. Uh, you know, a couple more off-topic things. If you don't like off-topic stuff, this is not the show for you. Uh, we did go on a vacation. Oh, we did. Should we, we talk about that break. at all? A little weird break. <laughs> a weird little during break. During a pandemic. Yeah. It was a little vacation into, well, not really the middle of nowhere. It wasn't that far. The good thing about Colorado is you don't have to go very far to be remote. To be lost. Right? So we decided we wanted a few days away and uh, did a little bit of fishing. Got Mateo his first fish. Ava then freaked out because uh-huh. she saw the fish in distress and decided oh that this was not something like, she wants to do. She goes, I want to go home or I want to go back to the house. You know. uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? It was that night too. She woke up, I think, with a nightmare and was like, I want to go home now. Am I am? So I'm wondering if she had a bad fish dream. Maybe. She might. <laughs> she wants an aquarium though. Oh, not sure how that's oh, going to go. Yeah. And there's the spags. This is what? Woodland, Woodland Park or is it Woodlands Park? I don't know. Woodland Park. Yeah. Colorado. Uh, I don't know what the kids are doing there, but we're, we're all having a good time. <laughs> I'm trying to make Mateo laugh. He, oh, okay. he wasn't happy. <laughs> so, you know, the funny thing about this... Oh, jeez. Come on, get with you it. put the intro music back on? <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Uh, we, uh, we had to come home a little bit early yeah. because one of the dogs... Well, first of all, the place that we, we were staying at did, we didn't realize they had white carpets. Everywhere. And nothing in the listing said you would have to take your shoes off. Yeah. So, and it was supposed to be pet friendly too. And I'm like, how do those two things go together? White carpets, pet friendly? That doesn't, no, doesn't no. compute. So, it was on, and it was on a very steep hill. So it's not like we could just let the dogs out. Right. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was kind of getting stressful. And then Millie got a little tummy trouble, mm-hmm. a little uh, intestinal distress. She was not happy. There was no way we were going to get out of that place without having accidents on these people's white carpet. <laughs> so we, so, uh, we went well, home. Between that and then Ava <laughs> just... <laughs> Just saying, she just wanted to go home like yeah. nonstop. It was like, all right. The thing was, this we experienced the mountains. <laughs> it was a few days away. That's yeah. all it was. We saw a deer. We did see a deer. Yeah. It was fantastic. But uh, next time, can we actually go camping? Yeah, yeah. Like for realsies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Another thing I want to announce. Oh yeah. I got a little bit of eye candy for you guys. Now mm-hmm. hold on to your butts. This, <laughs> this might hurt a little bit. Uh, I finished up my mom's bed. Mm-hmm. We are doing things differently in the guild now. We are presenting things with the full project completed and done. So from day one when you, well, you have a pre-order period of about two weeks. And then after that two weeks when the videos release, it's not going to be one video a week. It's going to be all the videos right away, kind of Netflix think, style. I, I could see you, though, doing like five at a time. Nope, that's no? dumb, Nicole. No, it's not dumb. It gives mm-hmm. me something to talk about in my newsletter. <laughs> well, then you can just talk about it a few different times. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and if you don't like those pictures, here's one more for you. There oh, you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. I actually look like I'm in pain. Yeah. <laughs> Back. I'm so sexy, it hurts. I'm so old. <laughs> no, I like my version better. 
so if you're interested in getting in on this project, the pre-order period is about two weeks. Uh, so about from uh, two weeks from today, mm -hmm. you get a big, it's about 30% off. You should probably, oh, it says starting on July 10th. July 10th. That's when it goes out of pre-order. And that is when the price will go back up. This is your only opportunity to get it at that pre-order price. And uh, on the 10th, yeah. all of the episodes will drop, and you'll be able to uh, to see how I built that thing. It's at thewoodwhispererguild.com slash store slash projects. Hey, I might be a little biased, but I think we have, we have a pretty great uh, woodworking online school. You know, Nicole, <laughs> I agree with you I agree. about this. Yeah. We don't even have to buy Facebook ads to prove it. I know, right? <laughs> it just succeeds on its own. Oh boy. Alrighty. Hey, I see something red over there. Over there. Oh. <laughs> Trying to set him up. <laughs> okay. He's clueless. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Have you guys heard about the uh, Woodpecker's 6-in-1 pocket gauge? You heard about this thing? Uh, no, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Hash tag ad. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. That was terrible. What is that? You're that like, was my, I did a double. Like a, Crosshatch hashtag. A weird cheerleader. <laughs> a really scary cheerleader. Okay, so woodpeckers, you guys know them. We talk about their stuff all the time. Uh, this is their pocket gauge. They came out with a six-in-one gauge previously, but it was massive. And the biggest piece of feedback they said they received. So was uh, it like five times the size of that? It was almost, I think, about double the size. Okay, that's not massive. For a hand tool that's meant for measuring and marking, <laughs> all right, all it's right, pretty big. All right. So the biggest piece of feedback they received was that they people wanted this thing smaller. Um, so I'm going to show you the six things that it does, and then I'll talk a little bit about whether, uh, you know, who's this for, whether I think you should buy it or not. All right, so you, you see these two pins here? Yeah. That's one of the first things. This is what um, a lot of people who've seen this before, you know exactly what that does. So as I pull this guy back, you can have a center finder function. So these two pins and the hole that's right here in the middle will allow you to find up to two inches thick the center line of any board, which is pretty sweet, All right? So if you need to go down the center, you got that. All right, that's function number one. I got them written down and I'm gonna forget them, I know it. Uh -huh. uh, you got a blade and bit height finder, right? So you actually have measurements on here. So if you need a particular measurement, you could find a height or a depth of a groove or something like that, right? So you can measure that. You got this sort of um, gear, whoosie what's it's over here, and I believe that is a 32nd of an inch increment on there, which is really, really nice for fine woodworking. If you flip them around, it's metric, mm. which is pretty cool. It then goes into millimeters. Metric. Metric. What everybody else uses well, all complains of, about the US. Yes, and all of the scales actually have inch and metric on them. Uh, so we mentioned the blade and bit depth. Uh, let's see, you've got hole depth. So let's say you're trying to find out the depth of a particular hole. Hold on, I got a hole right here. See that hole? Hold, hold you on. Got this. this is not a uh, nose picker as I showed on Instagram a while ago. <laughs> oh, that's right, you did show this tool up. So you got a little scale there and you could find the depth of a hole, lock that puppy in. Lock it in. Good to go. Also, it serves as a marking gauge. So again, you have these increments here. Stupid people. They always seem to do the lawn work. Yeah, they do. The show. Right as we start the show. All right, so you could use it as a marking gauge if you want a parallel line to an edge. Oops, being a dummy. I'm just distracted with this uh, stinking noise over here. It looks like if you're going to use the, the 
use it as a marking gauge. Well, I suppose, let's see. Obviously, I need to spend some time with this thing. Um, I know these come off. Maybe that's the intention, but either way, you can use it as a parallel guide marking gauge like this, but I'm not able to do it that way because of the pins. And this way, I don't think the measurements are accurate. It would work, but I think you may have to take those pins off. Any hoot, six in one, pretty nifty, uh, nifty development here. And I think this is available for pre-order now. Here, let me put the link up. Till July 13th, you say, Nicole? There's the, uh, there's the link if you want to go check that out. All right, let's see, where is the other camera? Closing there it is. window is hard. So, who, who is this for? Now, I've had this in the shop for about a week now. It does indeed do those six things very well. Who knows, you might even be able to come up with a, a couple other things that, uh, that they don't know about to use on it. Um, I haven't really used it that much though. And then I've talked to a few yeah, people about this. <laughs> oh, I know, I haven't really been in the shop that much. But what I'm saying is, the trick with something like this, a six in one, if you've been woodworking for a little while, chances are you already have a few things that do um, this stuff and you're used to those. So a tool like this for someone who already has an established workshop is a little bit more difficult to integrate into your workflow. Unless you're losing those other things all the time. Yeah, yeah. Then you I mean, only have to lose one thing. And it is apron size, so you yeah. could throw it in your apron if you're an apron wearer. Uh, but I do think it's a little bit harder for people to adopt something like this if they've already got the other things in place. So usually you're working by habit, right? So you're like, okay, I've got my adjustable squares. That's what I use for layout. I forget that I even have this in the shop. That's one of those times it's going to be a little bit of a trickier sell for someone who's well established. But if you're, if you're starting out and you've got a few extra bucks, it's a really well-made tool. Uh, it does those six things fairly well. Um, does it do it as well as individual things dedicated to those tasks? They never do, right? That's what a multi-function tool does, uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of tool. Uh, but still, for the six things that it does, it's pretty darn good. If it's worth it, I can't tell you that. Their, their pricing always is a very personal thing, whether or not you find it to be worth it. But it certainly does the six things it's supposed to do, and that's pretty cool. So pretty, go check it out. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. You want to do questions today, Nicole? Yeah, I think that's why we're here. Okay. I'm, and I'm going to try to answer these quickly because... <laughs> I don't work and go, keep it... Keep it uh, tight. Well, do you guys do you guys like concise answers or do you like thorough answers? <laughs> Let us know. Let us know in the chat. <laughs> it could be more concise, but I like to I like to answer people's questions completely, Nicole. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, I haven't pre -re uh, pre read any of I these. I thought you did. Nope. You, you I was told setting me up. last night. I'm gonna set up. Now you're early. just wasting time. Now you're just wasting their time, Nicole. <laughs> I'm trying to get on with the show. Sure. Sebastian says, I've just discovered the viewer projects page on the TWW site. There's some awesome projects there. How do people submit projects? There's a lot of awesome projects shared in the Guild's Facebook group. Should we encourage people to also send those projects to the website? No. You know what? The, the viewer projects thing on the website is kind of something that we're phasing out. And I don't want to say, you know, like it's our decision to do that it has phased itself out. We, we live in a day and age where if someone is going to post a picture of a project, they yeah. tend to want to do it on their own social media accounts, and then we try to highlight that for them. So it works really well on the Facebook Guild group, uh, even in the community group, mm -hmm. we feature projects there, uh, but it's, you know, it sort of started to die off. So we don't, I don't even know. Do we what, have a, a submit page I'm anymore? not even sure if we do anymore. 
I might I mean, with the late with the latest iteration. I may have taken that no, away. No, it's right there. It's on the contact page. It's under reason for contact project okay. submission shop submission. That's what I did. I consolidated it. Yes. So if you go to thewoodwhisperer.com/contact in the drop down, there's project and shop submission. So we still take them. <laughs> yeah. We will still post them periodically. It's just not a big thing that we do anymore, just because the world has sort of changed and moved past it. Um, of course, we still keep the projects and shops there because it's a great resource, uh, especially the shop tours. If you're planning out a shop, it's great to be able to look through a bunch of different shop tours, see what other people are doing. It's a great library of content there. So thanks for asking that, Sebastian. Uh, Brian Schmidt says, what's your method for cutting thin strips on a table saw? I'm planning on making a cedar strip canoe and would like to create and set up a jig for the strips. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Go to the Wood Whisperer. Uh, dot com and search for thin strips on the table saw. <laughs> Literally, I think that's the title of the video. Literally. Literally. And that will answer your question. Everyone else who's curious about that too, go, uh, go, go do that search. You'll find it. Jason Stromberg says, Mark, I know you've said it before, but where do you purchase your screws these days? I've been getting I them from... Go ahead, Nicole. CW Hardware. That's incorrect. You're very close though. CSH. CSH. Mm-hmm. Hardware. There you go. Custom Service Hardware. I am blowing through these questions, Nicole. Look that's, at me. That's good. Jeff Barry says, hey, Mark and Nicole. What is the difference between a six-inch bench top and six-inch six inch freestanding jointer? Is it just the size? I found a six-inch bench top with a spiral cutter head and wondering if it measures up against the freestanding version. I can only speak in generalities here. Most of the time, a floor-standing version is going to have longer tables. Um, the beds are just longer. That makes them better. You know, The more length you have there, the easier it is to joint longer boards. Most benchtop jointers tend to be a little bit shorter, so if you have anything over four feet long, it tends to be a little bit tricky to joint those. Um, but it would depend on the specific ones you're talking about. Sometimes the difference between a benchtop version and a floor standing version is the stand. I don't know if that's the case with the one you're looking at, but sometimes that can be the case. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see, Joe Clemmer. He says, where do you get your inspiration on design when building furniture, more specifically like the pillowing used in the bed frame or on the sculpting done on the bunk bed? My inspiration for that, well, that's tough, Joe, because um, I don't know where that comes from specifically. I look at something like the back of the bed, the headboard of the bed, and I see a bunch of square boards. It already has this tendency to want to look like fence posts and, you know, the, the fence boards. So reinforcing that look is the squareness of it. So I figured, well, an easy thing that I can do is take those slats and pillow them, give them a slight, almost hard to see curvature, and that will soften the look, and that's exactly what it did, right? So as far as inspiration, it's it, to me it's more uh, something that I look at that bothers me. I wanna take it to the next level, um, and that pillowing effect is something that I think does that in spades, and I think the first time I saw that technique, got to give credit to David Marks. I've seen mm-hmm. him do that on a couple of his pieces uh, where it was like a square leg and he just gave it this pillowed profile and I've been able to apply that to a couple different things over time. I think David is a huge, I mean, he was right there at the beginning of your journey. Yeah. Um, get, bring up his site. I think it's still djmarks.com. It is. It is. If anyone is ever curious about my history, my personal inspiration, where a lot of my initial woodworking knowledge came from and a lot of my personal inspiration for what to build, woods to use, and just overall my approach to woodworking. Oh, I got a new site. Yeah, look at that, that's beautiful. Go to djmarks.com, that's David Marks' website, and uh, you just moved off the page. There oh, sorry. Click on Woodworks. There's a tab at the top. 
I believe he still has DVDs he, and, and digital, digital downloads. downloads. Yeah. So he, you can get all of the episodes of Woodworks. And even if you're in this like, I like to watch the YouTube videos where they speed through, uh, you, you will look through this, this library of content and it's amazing what David was able to squeeze into a simple standard half hour show time slot. Really, really good stuff. Um, I really have, enjoy it. So go, go take a look at that. too, right? Yep. A lot of the, a lot of the projects oh, yeah. have plans. Season seven plans. But a lot of the stuff he makes is very, I don't want to say exotic. It's very artistic, right? Yeah. He's, a, he he's, an a, he's an artist first and a woodworker second. I feel like he's a turner. <laughs> And then, yeah, like, de- he definitely award. loves turning yeah. more than the furniture. Uh, but when you watch him build these things, it's just next level stuff. Even if you never make what he makes, the techniques are just solid. So go support David Marks if you can, because he is the man. And honestly, probably the the primary, if not only, reason I am standing here today talking about woodworking. We started watching Woodworks when we lived with your mom while we were saving up to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And it was That's where it all began. a little makeshift living room that we had. I would alternate between episodes of Woodworks and Spongebob <laughs> at that true. time. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Spongebob really didn't pay off for us. <laughs> no, that one never paid off. Weird. Uh, Black Goat Woodworking says, Mark, you've got a video for that. Sanding. Do you still go from 80 to 120 to 220 for your sanding schedule? All the advice says, don't skip grits and don't jump more than 50% of the previous grit. But with all the papers out there, 40, 60, 80, blah, 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 blah. Don't skip grits. Advice can seem a little overwhelming. Uh, very quick answer to your question. Yes, something like that. It, it may not always be 80, 120, 220. It might be 80, 120, 180. You know, I might move things around. But I almost, I would say, no, not almost. I never use more than three grits in a progression. There's just no reason to. Um, so I think it's best to consolidate those numbers. Pick your low grit, your medium grit your high grit, and then you may have ultra high grits, 320, 400, 500. That's for different purposes. You're not usually going to sand the wood to that level. Uh, so just for raw wood sanding, 80, 120, 180, and you know potentially 220. Uh, I got a <coughs> super chat from Atlan Lilich, and he said, more thorough, more snark. <laughs> oh, I got plenty of snark for you, baby. Uh, Adrian Abshire says, which pro t- protractor angle finder do you like and why? Well, I'll tell you, this is not really something that I use very often, but I bought it because, you know, you know how we buy things as woodworkers. You buy them because you think you should, and then even if you don't ever use it. I've got a uh, Starrett Pro Sight Series Miter Saw Protractor. I find that that thing is pretty handy if I do need to find angles. Um, the Capex comes with an angle finder. That's pretty nifty as well. Star Trek? Star, Star Trek. Yes, Nicole, it is the Star Trek Miter Saw Protractor. <laughs> <laughs> live long and measure. <laughs> is that what this is? Actually, live long and miter. Let's, yeah, let's make it that. Live long and miter. There's our title for the show. Is that it right there? Uh, it's close enough. Start probably has a couple of them. I don't know if they still make this model. There it is. Oh, there it is. It's best overall. <coughs> there you go. It I'll put is. it in our... Uh... That's the only reason I bought it was because it's the best yeah, overall. Yes, purchased... Wow, you purchased this on February 10th, 2013. Yeah. And you know how many times I've used it in that time? <laughs> probably three. Yeah. So... So I'm going to throw this in our uh, Amazon store underneath the category Friday Live. There you so go. So if you go to Amazon.com slash shop slash The Wood Whisperer, you'll find it right at the top. Mm-hmm. All right. Tippy top. Chris Kalnassi says, uh, Mark, two weeks ago on Wood Talk, you all spoke of types of joinery, and I believe you said that the nice thing 
is for a long time now, everything has been figured out in terms of what joints just flat out work. It got me thinking, is there joinery or maybe something more broad in woodworking that has been done a certain way for so long that you'd actually like it to change or maybe wish it was done a different way? Man, that's a, that's a, that's that's a, big, a big question. What about a, that's a, like veneering? Nope. Anything that's like annoyingly tedious and cumbersome to do? God, this is a hard question for me to answer. Uh, <laughs> we go, Chris. Just you on stumped a, him. No, on the spot. That's a, that's a tricky question. Yeah, yeah. It's something I would have to give thought to. I can't really come up with something just off the top of my head. What about, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean. Cleaning glue. I don't know. Well, there are people who do certain things that are kind of like a disruptor in a way. You got people, I know a lot of people want to quote uh, Paul Sellers, let's mm -hmm. say, and his, some of his methods for sharpening or for what tools he uses. Mm -hmm. So conventional wisdom says you have to sharpen all the way to this, and he says, no, that's unnecessary. You can stop at this grit. Um, those things are always cool. You got people who sharpen a card scraper with a file. That's all they use, right? Mm -hmm. None of this burnishing, none of the, the you know, stones. It's simply take it to a file and put a ratty hook on there and it works just fine, right? There, there's things like that that I find interesting and that's probably where my brain would take this, is stuff that's conventional wisdom, um, that there's a simpler, easier way. Finishing, there you go. The whole world of finishing, I don't think needs to be as complex as it is. I think we can simplify that. There you go. Okay. Plan D Woodworks. Dan says, this can probably be answered as part of Black Goat's question, but in how the heck do you, did you get through your sanding schedule, edge breaking for all the bed pieces in one day? I'm working on a similar size bed. It's taken me a few days. Am I missing a technique or a tool or am I not working efficiently enough? You know, I haven't seen your work, Dan, so I don't know. You might be slow. Slow as molasses. He was slow. I was slow. Then I started to realize I wasn't making any money. <laughs> and then I lit a fire under my butt. I don't really know. Uh, I, I mean, it did take me a good a good part of a day uh, to go through all of those pieces, um, but it just comes down to you know efficiency and batching things out. I try to sand all of my flats and all the flat parts first. Try to get through everything, make sure the flats are taken care of. Um, you know, then I'm going to probably okay. I'm going to step back, give a longer answer. I will sand to like my second to highest grit, right? So I'll sand to let's say 120. All the flats get sanded. Then I get my router with a roundover bit and I go ahead and add all my roundovers where I want them. Then I sand to 180 for this particular project, back over the flats, sand to 180, and then I get 180 by hand and I hit all the edges that were previously routed. That's the process that I use for something like that. Um, and I don't know, it just it doesn't take me that long. I, I, to me, it felt like it was a long time. If I take a full day to sand, that, takes, that seems like a long time. But throw on the headphones, you know, get a good podcast on, get some music on, whatever gets you moving, um, get yourself in a groove. And it, it shouldn't really be that long. But who knows, your bed might be very different than mine. You may just simply have more edges. Mike Davies, what's the decision matrix for determining how fancy to make something? About to make a guitar rack, and I'll probably again overcomplicate this purely functional item that lives in a room uh, that I only, only I ever go in when it could literally be five sticks screwed together. Well, the decision matrix on fanciness, I should write an article about that with that title. It's really up to you. You know, when we're talking about adornment and we're talking about things like once you satisfy the function and this thing is designed, it works, it does what you're, you know, what it's supposed to do, uh, how much extra stuff and extra cream to add 
is totally up to you. There's, there is no decision matrix for that. I think it, it's on a very personal basis. And some people like to put a lot of flourishes and a lot of cool extra things onto stuff. And some people just like to keep it simple. And sometimes simplicity is beautiful. Just because we know how to add these extra things doesn't mean we should. I think some people in their you know, designing sort of um, uh, evolution over time, you learn tricks and then you start to add all those tricks. And now it looks terrible because you've just added too much stuff, right? So design then becomes about restraint. You know you could do these things, but which things actually make a good impactful difference? And that's what you include in the project. So have fun with it. You know, do, you, you know, at some point you have to make those gaudy overdone items in order to find that limit and then learn to draw back. So this might be the time to, to make one of those things so you could find the limit. Renee Lopez, on the topic of design, any tips for someone who has, few, has a few small batch production furniture ideas but not enough skill in the craft? Batch. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we mentioned this book before, if you want to get into design, uh, George Walker's stuff, the book he did, we talked, I think it was last show, um, By Hand and I. Mm -hmm. And any of George Walker's, he's got a DVD out there somewhere, maybe they still make it. Uh, no, that's Jim Toplin. Jim Tolpin is the co-author of oh, By Hand and gotcha, I. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I think we did the same exact conversation last time. <laughs> uh, those guys are good. Um, I'm not really the design guy, right? Like, I, I, I am a self-confessed copier. You know, I, I digest what other people do. I, I learn from other people. And then I mix it all together and spit something out that is heavily influenced by everything I've ever seen. So I don't consider myself that much of a designer, but I can point you to some resources for people who are really good designers. Well, he's talking about batching out. But I, but I don't, well, he says that's what, that's what he has currently. I don't know if he's looking to improve the batched products. Because here's the problem with batching out and, and sort of manufacturing. Your concerns, like we had a question about um, how do you decide how much extra stuff to add? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very different question to ask yourself. If you're just building a bed for your mom, versus building a product that has to be batchable. Mm -hmm. It has to be you know, done in a manufacturing way. Like CNC and yeah, stuff like that. There was a long time ago. Um, oh man, I'm spacing on his name. There was a guy who was really, you know, early 2007 maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he has since passed away. I, I just can't. Furnitology. Yes, that's the name. I can't, I can't remember the name of the website or the guy's name. What is his name? Do you I'll look it up. Keep talking. Okay. Um, so there was this gentleman who was doing what I did very early on. And Neil Lehman's. Neil Lehman's. Okay. He's still on YouTube. Okay. His stuff is still out there. That's yeah. great. Okay. So Neil came from a manufacturing background. And I remember I was making, you remember the curved uh, leg mm -hmm. floating table and table thing that I did? Uh, he used to give me so much crap because I wasn't making decisions that would allow my product to be manufactured. Mm -hmm. So I would make really stupid decisions in terms of, and I say stupid, but what I mean is like decisions that aren't practical because I want it to look a certain way. But am I concerned with whether a machine can reproduce what I'm doing? No, I'm never concerned about that. But he came from a manufacturing, like an, a professional furniture manufacturing background, and he always threw that at me that that was one of my weaknesses is that I'm not considering, <laughs> yes, <he did. laughs> I'm not considering manufacturability, if that's a thing. Uh, and I would have to be like, dude, I don't care. Like, I don't want this to be manufactured. But it really highlights the difference between, uh, you know, someone who has to think about batch processing and someone who's just building because they want it to look a certain uh, way. His Furnitology YouTube channel uh, only has four videos. 
But this was back in the day where we were on Blip TV mostly. Oh, yeah, I, I'm Blip sure TV. this was at the same time where I yeah. was barely putting anything on YouTube myself. Wow. It was a long time ago. I'll put a link. It, it, there's four videos, and you can, he really loved the idea of manufacturing and... That's where he came from. Yeah. So, I mean, that was his background. He couldn't think outside of that, and I couldn't think inside, inside of, of it. it. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't... <laughs> it didn't compute. Yep. Okay. Um, Lucas is looking to make a wooden urn box for his black lab. I'm sorry to hear about that. Uh, uh, the idea of a bleached white oak and black wood of some kind, finger-jointed together, went to Bell Forest, and oh my goodness, I chose the most expensive wood in the world, Gaboon Ebony. Nice job. Any other species suggestions or alternative methods for getting a black wood? Wangi. You know, Wangi is one of those uh, woods that a lot of people use if you want that effect. Summer Wangi. Don't let's not talk about that. <laughs> you had splinters, splinters in, your, everywhere. in your hands. It was like... Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. Oh. So Wangi is one option. It's not really going to... I mean, it'll be probably cheaper than ebony, but it's still not cheap. One thing you might look into is the torrified woods, the ones that are heat treated. That I've got three of them right over here, and one of they all kind of from this distance look like Wangi. They're very, very dark brown, darker than walnut, um, and that's through the whole board. It's not like it's a dye or something like that. So you might be able to get away with uh, one of those heat-treated woods if you could find them. So look for torrified woods or thermally modified woods or heat-treated woods, and they darken and char it to, to an extent that it actually is really, really dark brown, and those won't be as expensive as things like Wangi. So that might be something to look into. Mm -hmm. My last question I got here, Tony Tang. Tony. He says, I'm building a lounge chair with a single maple bent lamination spine at the center and a plywood, or yeah, and plywood seating stripes, <laughs> plywood seating strips. Uh, can I simply glue on the stripes without any wood movement concerns? The maple spine is about, I, I need to see this, Tony. You sent me a picture of this? Because I, I, I mean... He says they're made out of plywood. He wants to glue on the strips without any wood. I need to see it. There's, mm -hmm. When it comes to wood movement, I need to see what those things are attaching to, how wide the pieces are, um, if there's anything restricting movement or wanting to move that the plywood is preventing. So I, I kind of need a visual on that. And that's all I got on my questions, Nikki P. Okay. Oh, we have one come in from Corey Hastings. What tips do you have for taking pictures for a portfolio? We have a video. I have a video on that. I'm pretty sure you did. I have a video, video showing, look, I'm not a photographer, but I show my setup and it's a very, you know, it's, let's call it guerrilla style. Utilitarian. Plus money, yeah. right? Yeah. It's really guerrilla style. And then I spend some money on backdrops and it's, um, it gets the job done. And I also talk about how you don't really need, you know, a big expensive DSLR you camera. You just need a driveway. You need a driveway <laughs> as, as you can see. On the bigger items, sometimes, what are you going to do? They're too big. And then if you put them in the bedroom that they're supposed to go in, yeah, it's too it, tight. It's too tight. And too it just dark. doesn't it doesn't photograph well. So I put what the bed in the called? driveway. Tips for photography? I'm looking at... Uh, photographing your work, I think. Oh. Mm. I remember I had a photographer give me so much crap for this video. <laughs> because, it, it, like, he took it as offensive. Yeah. Because it wasn't truly... You know, good photography Yours, advice. It was a traditional. Get her, get her done kind of. Yeah, advice. it's like, look, this is all you need to do to get you. Like, let's just say there's seventy five percent of the way there. If you go to a professional and you get these pictures done properly, it'll get it. you that extra twenty five percent. But that's the way technology works these days. DSLRs are almost obsolete. 
um, you know, people don't need them to take good quality pictures, especially with the background blurs that they're doing these days. Yeah. Um, it's, it's harder and harder for the average person to justify an expensive camera. Done is better than perfect. Yep. And on the internet, guess what? Done is good enough. Yeah. Most people aren't going to be able to tell that extra I, 25% difference. I, you know what? I can't mm. find it on the website. I think it's uh, underneath offcuts. It might be. But it should still be on yeah, the website. Yeah, it should still be on the website. Maybe it's in Friday. Was it a live thing? Did I do a live session no, on I, it? I, All right, let's I not worry it. about it now. Well, I'll find it. I'll put a link. We'll find it. It'll be there. Don't worry. It's okay. Well, okay. So just a clarification on that. Uh, Earl says, Matt's batching a new chair design right now. He doesn't. He might be a resource of questions like this one. Matt's actually not doing anything. No. These, these chairs are actually existing designs by a company that has already figured them out. Um, Matt is picking which versions he wants to sell and picking the wood species those are made out of, and then he's marketing and selling those. But uh, Matt didn't design them, um, so I don't know if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for advice on that kind of batch processing, the only batch processing he's doing is assembly, sanding, and finishing. Um, but as far as the, the chair designs, those aren't his designs. Um, I believe that company he's working with had those designs already. I'm going to find this video. Yeah, you do that. Uh, uh, hold on, yeah. I got an older question here. Okay. Doug wants to know any thoughts on the Mark Adams School? You um, taught there. I did. I taught there once. The it's a fantastic school. Gaming coffee table. Yeah, there's a lot of good schools out there, but I don't think any of them are as, let's call it official in a yeah. sense. I mean, you, you got other, you know, deep programs, Krenov School or um, College of the Redwoods, uh, you know, William Eng School mm -hmm. is fantastic. Mark Adams is like... It's like a campus. <laughs> like the, the buildings are huge. The amount of things going on. Like all the little any things given that, day. that you brought back with you, like the pitcher and all those little things. Yeah, they, they really go above and beyond for the instructors and for the students. You have uh, dedicated assistants. So instead of having an instructor pull their hair out because they're doing everything and trying to teach 12 people at once, that instructor has helpers who can go do tool setups and go get things going so that he could focus on the you know top-level instruction, right? Uh, so it, I find it to be one of the best woodworking experiences uh, in education that you could possibly spend your money on. So I, I still think Mark Adams, mm -hmm. fantastic. Oh, they got a cafeteria like in the facility. You don't need to go anywhere for lunch. Lunch is there. It's provided. Um, so it allows you to just kind of focus on what you're there to focus on, the, the woodworking. Yeah. Love Mark Adams School. All right. I'm going to scroll to the bottom of my questions. How are we doing on time? Uh, 9.10. Okay. When did we need to stop? 9.15? 9.15. Got about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what, you got a question for me? Uh, no, I think I've run out of my questions. Oh, okay. Everybody's just doing comments. Uh, I'm looking through the questions. Looking through the questions. Oh. Jim says, I saw Rob Cosman put a back bevel on a bench plane blade to alter the cutting angle from 45 degrees. This would allow me not to have to buy a 50 or 45 or 55 degree frog. Sure. Can you comment on this? Look, if Rob Cosman said it, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> what am I going to say to, you know, go against what Rob's doing? Yeah. Uh, just be con the thing you have to be concerned about is if you change your mind. You put a back bevel on a blade like that, yes, it will change the angle. And if that gives you an effective result and you want to do it, that's fine. Most people don't do it though, because what if you want to go back? Now you got a back bevel and it's, you know, 
potentially problematic on that, that edge if you are trying to grind a new angle there. Uh, but he's much more experienced in hand tools than I am. So make sure you, you know, watch the full presentation because he'll probably talk about the pros and cons of doing it. Uh, but if it works for him, I'm sure it's going to work great. Alrighty. I think that's it. Okay. Uh, I have a after show question. You have an after show question? Yeah, I have an after. Well, and we'll do it in the after show. Okay, well, I can't find any actual <laughs> questions here. So that, this is good, though. We're right on yeah, time. Yeah, we're right on time. Uh, it's toilet paper. We start, we start early. This question feels like a trap. Toilet paper over or under? Over. I think most people are going to say over. over. It's one of those weird internet things that people pretend to disagree on, but yeah. in actuality, most people will say over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jason. Um, oh, somebody's getting a rec tech. Sweet. Apo. Apo uh, Apina said, now that you're Jasonless, are you planning to get a new minion to obey your commands? I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, Jason Jason officially went back to Missouri. Yeah, Jason is out of here. Um, yeah, I, I, I do want a, I knew like someone to help. I, I have so much to do. Yeah. It's really difficult. There are a lot of... I don't of, know how... I, I mean, the process is going to be weird. It's a grueling process. It's difficult. But when we get in the flow and you got that help, that's where the ideas come. Yeah. That's where the beginning woodworking series, uh, like a guild-like beginner woodworking thing came out of. But as soon as I'm working alone, suddenly mm -hmm. everything slows to a much, much slower pace. It's, and it's and this would be a, a, a real job, a real pain job. <laughs> That we're gonna yeah I don't want to call them interns or apprentices this is a job for someone to actually make a real salary we need with health benefits that has woodworking skills <clears throat> potentially uh, social media and video skills yep uh, like there's gonna be a lot of check marks um, the ability to just kind of do things without me having to tell them to like yep. once they get you know get in the groove. Uh, it, it's a whole thing, guys. It's a whole thing. So yeah, we will be at some point hiring someone. It's just a matter of when. And when we, do we feel comfortable? And doing I don't. That? I don't want anybody moving here. <laughs> we're not. We're looking for someone local. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a it's expensive to live here. So. Right. So preferably, you're already here. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you're already you're already stuck here, you're already making it work. Come on. Good. Uh, okay, so we are going to do a quick after show. Um, Nicole, did you put the link to the oh, after show? I will. I will put the link to the after show. <clears throat> if you're a Patreon subscriber at any level, the after show uh, is for you. For you! And we're going to do a quick 15 minutes, and then i got to take Dougie. It's a little one -on, more one-on-one. -on -one. A little more, well, it's more yeah. like two-on-many. <laughs> but uh, we, we got to take Dougie's <laughs> stinky butt to the vet. So. Oh, yeah. The, the new uh, helper will babysit the kids. <laughs> No, they won't babysit the kids. They might have to mow the lawn. They might have to mow the lawn. Depending. Because <laughs> here, you never know. Here was here was what I took when J Jason came on. I'm like, look, your number one goal is to help Mark either stay in the shop or stay in the office. Like all of the stuff that I go, hey Mark, hey Mark, I need you to do this. Hey well, Mark. Well, Fridays between Friday live, setting up, getting all the the video stuff done afterwards. Yeah. Fridays are usually when I mow the lawn. So I don't, I hardly get anything shop related done on yeah. a Friday. But when Jason was here, if he mowed the lawn, then that means after Friday yeah. Live, I could actually use the second half of the day for work stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes he did mow the lawn. 
<laughs> Adrian says, I don't do kids, but I can mow the grass. But guess what? Mateo's <laughs> getting to the point now. He's yeah, mowed the lawn a few times. Mm -hmm. And if he wants, you know, a continuous supply of V-Bucks, his little butt better yeah. get out there and start yeah. clipping some grass. <laughs> New minions. They're calling not apprentice minions. <laughs> yeah, minions. Okay. I don't want well, a minion. I want a, I mean, did a shop partner. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You right? Want I want someone, you know, potentially... <laughs> even you know more woodworking skilled than I am or mm -hmm. more skilled with video than mm -hmm. I am. Uh, someone who could really add something to the equation. That'd be cool. Okay, anyway, enough about that. Well, no, 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 no. Don't ask for invitations. <laughs> all when right, when all we're right. ready for this, all right. we will make a public announcement. I don't know, it might just happen. You never know. It won't just happen, Nicole. I want it to just happen. Yeah. Okay, thank you for watching everyone and uh, we will see you next Friday. There's a link. To the Patreon. Boop. Okay. And we're going to start right away with the next show.